Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. Thank you for joining us once again on a lovely Saturday night. I have sat in front of a television for most of today watching the coverage on the South Carolina primaries, and I have some thoughts, and I will try to be brief about my thoughts because it is just interesting to me the way that the South Carolina primary was covered so differently than the Nevada caucus. The question is, should it have been? Let's just break down what happened first. First and foremost, Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary by a distinct margin. Now, for those of you who have listened to my Super Tuesday episode, uh, if you have not, please go check that out. You'll notice that I definitely thought Joe Biden was going to win South Carolina. I was surprised at the margin, but... You know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people who are Bernie supporters and supporters of the progressive left underestimate just the different cells of the Democratic Party around this country and how vastly different certain areas are from other areas. I think that everyone needs to stop and kind of like re-examine what they think they know because Democratic Party is very diverse and the moderate wing, the conservative wing of the Democratic Party does exist and there are a lot of them and they are older than the age of 40. So, first things first. Joe Biden has run for president three times. This is his first win. That's got to feel good for him. Gets the monkey off his back. And the interesting part of this contest is, let's just talk about the the actual like vote margins here for a second. So Biden won, the last time that I checked here, he was up uh, 48.4% of the vote. So all day on CNN, after he won, they called it a blowout win. And they, and Wolf Blitzer's old ass, just, you know, had to consistently say blowout win every time they referred to it and every time they'd come back from any television break, any, like, commercial break. And I found that strange because, just for a little disclaimer here, I typically watch CNN when it comes to election day coverages. I just find their aesthetics a little more pleasing than MSNBC or Fox or any other channel that it comes to watching Election Day coverage. So I watch them, and their panel is definitely better this election cycle than it was in 2016 when I watched then, too. I, um, I, but I couldn't help but notice the different narratives that they were displaying today. Because let's just talk about what happened here. 
South Carolina was a huge win for Joe Biden, and they called it this blowout margin. Now, let's rewind the clock just legitimately one week ago. Bernie Sanders won the Nevada caucus by almost the exact same margin. Yes, the final numbers did tally down to that point. When you look at the Nevada win, Bernie won by 26.6. And we look at the South Carolina win today, Biden won by 28.5. Okay, so only two point differential between Biden's win over Bernie in South Carolina and Bernie's win over Biden in Nevada. However, CNN was losing their minds about how much of a blowout, and yes, they said that word this often, that's why I'm using it so much, how much of a blowout this was for Biden. But they never once used that word for Bernie come last Saturday. And I couldn't help but notice that, as if they were trying to insinuate that when Biden wins by a huge margin, it's a big deal. But when Bernie wins by a huge margin, it's not a big deal. Strange. Also, last Saturday, I when I was watching the Nevada coverage, I was flipping back and forth between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. Fox called the contest for Bernie almost immediately. With like 3% of the vote in, they had declared Bernie Sanders the winner. Given the state of how wide the margin was, that made sense. The way that CNN called the primary today for Joe Biden immediately makes sense, given the margin. The question is, why, if the margins were the exact same, why did CNN and MSNBC wait for hours to call the race for Bernie just a week ago when it was literally the exact same margin and they had their exit pollsters all over the state in Nevada the way they had in South Carolina. I mean, how was Fox News able to call so early, but CNN and MSNBC just didn't? I'll let you think on that one. You know, the interesting thing about it is, like, I understand unequivocally that Bernie's trying to take on the establishment and the establishment has very, very far reach and that reach reaches into the mainstream media, which is why they always find a way to lessen his victories and overstate his defeats. Like today, for instance, they felt a need to show who was winning in the overall popular vote as of now. Because they, were like, they wanted to show just that Biden was winning the overall popular vote after the first four contests. Even though that's a disingenuous way of looking at things, because two of the four states were caucuses. And so only 10 to 15% of the electorate that can vote even was able to vote because of the nature of how the votes go in those first two states. But they didn't highlight their little, their little clip with saying that information they just wanted to show the people of the country that Biden had more votes than Bernie because South Carolina is a state that has over 5 million people in it. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of people who vote. Speaking of voting totals, though, one good thing to notice, if you are wondering whether or not our turnout is going to be high enough for the 2020 general election, I know some people have been worried about the fact that 
Iowa had a lower turnout, and Nevada's turnout was only marginally better, and New Hampshire's turnout was only marginally better. South Carolina came out in force today. In 2016, 371,000 people voted in the South Carolina primary. Today, in 2020, 524,000 people voted in the South Carolina primary. Now, with that being said, there was about 20% of people who voted today who were quote-unquote independents. It's hard to say how many of them would have voted Republican in a Republican primary normally, because as some of you might know, the Republicans didn't hold a primary in South Carolina. The Republicans, uh, the Republican chair in South Carolina actually canceled the primary so that President Trump wouldn't have any challengers, which I think is a joke. But so it's hard to tell how many of those people would have otherwise been voting in a Republican primary. But even if all 20 percent of the independents who voted today had voted in the Republican primary, that still would bring the number down to about 420,000, which is still significantly more than 2016. And I'm just going to go down a limb and say that all of them didn't show up from the Republican base. So it would seem that turnout is significantly higher in South Carolina. We'll see how that bodes well for the rest of the Super Tuesday states. So I definitely feel like that was an overall good sign. Now, let's talk about some other things that are worth noting here about what happened here in South Carolina. Tom Steyer dropped out. That's something worth knowing. Tom Steyer based most of his campaign on one, climate change, and two, talking about how he was leading the fight on impeachment from the day that Trump got into office. Tom Steyer didn't seem like a terrible guy. He never really came out as the creepy billionaire. I honestly don't really have too many bad things to say about him. I never thought that he was going to win anything in this race, and I didn't think he was actually hurting anyone by being in this race. I don't know that if he was, if he had dropped out before, anything would have changed today. It seems like a lot of the vote that Steyer was getting was pretty split between like Bernie and Biden. So basically, if you ask Steyer's voters who their second choice would have been, it was kind of polled that like, you know, half of them would have went to Biden, half of them would have went to Bernie. So it wouldn't really have made too much of a difference in the outcome of the election today. It just would have changed them, the kind of the total votes, I guess you would say. So happy trails, Tom Steyer. You're still a billionaire. I hope that you enjoy the rest of 2020. Hopefully you will get on some kind of streak of donating to Senate races and House races or whatever the case may be just to help Democrats win in 2020. Maybe not. Maybe you just go and chill on a golf course. Who knows? But thank you for getting out of the race now instead of waiting till after Super Tuesday because I have some more news to talk about some other people who didn't get out of the race tonight and definitely stay past the break to hear my feelings on those candidates. (laughs) 
Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at Betty'sDivine.com. thought listeners has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side well then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode bathing beauties beads is a full service bead shop in the heart of downtown missoula whether it's seed beads semi-precious stones vintage beads or just materials to make a project they have something for every person and every price range not from missoula don't worry they have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at BathingBeautiesBeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back, everyone. I just want to take a quick second here before we get into the other candidates who did not drop out to talk about the overall vote total from what happened here today. Actually, you know what? Nope. I'm going to skip that right on the fly. I'm going to save that for the final segment of the day. Um, So after Tom Steyer got out, I was legitimately expecting other candidates who had a poor showing today to get out of the race. I'm talking about Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar. What is Tulsi Gabbard doing? Like, what, like what is she trying to accomplish right now? I'm, I'm, like, legitimately confused by it. So, after watching CNN tonight, and in real time, people like Andrew Yang and others on the pundit circle, or semicircle, as I like to call it, were talking about certain candidates who should drop out and what their motivations would be. In real time, people were saying that the Biden campaign was urging Elizabeth Warren and Abing Klobuchar both to stay in until after Super Tuesday so that Bernie Sanders wouldn't win their states because he was a threat to win Minnesota and Massachusetts, and they needed to do whatever they could to make sure that he didn't win those states. Can we take a second to reflect on what exactly we're talking about here? I'm not surprised that Amy Klobuchar would fall in line and do what Joe Biden wanted her to do, and because Bernie, just for, you know, all intents and purposes here, He won Minnesota in 2016 handily. So he already has a significant base in Minnesota. 
And in Massachusetts, he lost by like one or two points in 2016. And right now he's polling ahead of Elizabeth Warren in her own home state. It is absolutely gross to me that Elizabeth Warren, someone who I thought was a really good progressive and someone who really believed in the movement. I know her and Bernie have had their odds, but like at the end of the day, you've gone through four contests. You haven't even placed second in any of them you realize that you're never going to have a significant amount of delegates as you see the Super Tuesday landscape and you can see the polls in all of these states. And she's basically staying in the race right now to make sure that Bernie doesn't get the nomination after she spent so much time calling him her friend and saying that they believed in a lot of the same things. The only difference was that she felt like she could get it done better. Listen, I understand that you might believe in your own campaign, but if you're not winning then you're just hurting the movement you claim to care about. For those of you out there who like Elizabeth Warren and you're listening to my podcast right now, what is your candidate doing? Like, I'm talking about logically here. Like, I understand that it can be an emotionally hard thing to realize that your campaign isn't bearing the fruit you thought it would. But at the end of the day, we all need to be realistic about what's going to happen here. Elizabeth Warren is not going to win this nomination. I'm sorry. And the only thing that she's trying to do right now is to keep somebody else from winning the nomination so that she can have some kind of power play going into the convention so she can elevate her own status. I, I, I don't understand it. It seems terrible to me, and I'm just grossly disappointed in her. It's very obvious to everyone who has been watching the coverage of these four contests over February that this race is about Bernie and Biden. I'm not trying to tell you, you know, like right here and now that like Biden doesn't have strong support. I think Biden has strong support. And I think Biden's going to be in this race for a long time, if not until the end. But this race should be a two person race. Bloomberg needs to get out. Buttigieg needs to get out, Klobuchar needs to get out, Warren needs to get out. I'm not even going to touch Tulsi Gabbard. I have no idea what's going on with her. The last thing I want to talk about with this race really quickly here is that Pundit Land on CNN was quick to point out that Bernie didn't really do better than he did in 2016. I have to say, there's two things I'm going to say about here. One is... I'm going to slightly agree, and I'm going to slightly disagree. So on the slightly disagree side, I will say that Bernie actually got 105,000 votes when, last time that I checked. And in 2016, Bernie got 96,000 votes. Now, the significance of that, because obviously we all can do math and can tell that 105,000 is only 9,000 more votes, but the significance is that in 2016, Bernie got 96,000 votes with only two people in the race. And with eight people in the race, he was able to do better than he did when there was two people in the race. I genuinely believe that if this was a two-person race, Bernie might have gotten close to 200,000 votes which means he'd have been damn near doubling his support from last time around, which still wouldn't have been enough to beat Joe Biden. But I think his sh I think he has definitely improved his relations in the southern states with the more moderate conservative like 
part of the Democratic wing. However, I will slightly agree with Punditland. I really thought that Bernie had a much better chance at maybe not winning South Carolina, but keeping this within like 10 points. And to get blown out like that, that, that's not good, people. That's not good. And I don't think it's because Bernie's message isn't resonating. I think it's just that he has a bad, just overall message for a certain age group of people. And when you look at the exit polls from South Carolina, people of a certain age, being like 40 years and older, came out in large numbers, and people under the age of 40 came out in very insignificant numbers. And this is not all that different than what's been happening in other states. And so let's be fair right here. Bernie's movement is ages 40 and under. And these people are not coming out in enough of a force to vote. So this is my final plea to everyone listening to this podcast tonight. It is not enough that the people who are listening to this podcast right now are registered voters and that you are going to vote on election day. That's not enough. There are too many people who are in our age range who are not voting. And if we don't get those people to vote with us, then our enthusiasm is not going to be enough to help someone like Bernie Sanders get the nomination. It's just not going to be enough. Okay? At the end of the day, you need to reach out to your friends and your family who do not vote and get them to vote with you. Drag them to the polls if you have to. You know, make sure you get their absentee ballots if you have to. Buy the stamp for them if you have to. You know, like, whatever it takes. Get the Uber to get them to the polling place if you have to. Like, you cannot just say that I voted and that's enough. Because it's been showing here in these first few contests that it's not enough. The youth vote is not turning out in big enough force. And that's telling me right now that too many people are staying home. Maybe they get so caught up in everything they see on Twitter and on Facebook that they just believe that Bernie's going to win, so they believe that they don't have to vote. Maybe you're taking this process for granted, thinking that, like, oh, there's so much enthusiasm online right now for Bernie. Like, you know, like, you know, I don't need to take this so seriously. Like, no, you need to take it seriously. The people who are 40 years and older, they vote like their lives depend on it. And people who are under 40 don't seem to care that much. And if everyone who's younger continues to not care, then the change that we also desperately want is just going to be sucked up and pushed to the side like the people in the moderate lane want it to be. So... My final thought for the day is go find your friends who don't vote and bring them to vote. All right, everyone, that is our show for today. I want to thank you all for checking out Indie Thought. Independent Thought is brought to you by your host, Desmond Price. You can follow us on Twitter at Independent Thought or at Indie, I-N-D-E, Thought. 
So, again, thank you all for coming and hanging out with me. For those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next time.